Hey now, Leaf Eater here, and real quick, this episode, featuring Dan Offen of the Position 6 Podcast, is broken up into two parts. This is part one, but part two will be featured on his podcast feed. It's like cross-promotion. Yay! Anyone coming over, listening from his side of the world from Position 6 Podcast, thank you, and I'm sorry, truly. I'm sorry. Watch us on YouTube, listen on your favorite podcast app of choice, and do the thing where you give us five stars. I'm trying to hoard them like toilet paper. Okay, yep, showtime. Thank you. Bye. Very, they're very nice and polite and supportive, my uh, fans. Yeah, I was gonna say that would be. I, I, ma- I imagine it's like uh, it would be like academics <laughs> writing, you know. We want you know, more tweed, <laughs> tweed coats and. How did you find people to be polite? That's that's my question. I guess I just release like in-depth stuff that doesn't rely on any level of memes at all. So anyone who's not polite would be turned off by it. I think. So they have, your your viewers have a more refined taste. Yeah, because I because when I made it, I mean this is almost a question I could be answering on this podcast. But um, when I made it, I was like, there's nothing in Dota really for me because mm-hmm. all the podcasts that were there were like. Zayori's um, Moonduck one which is fine but it was all very long and rambly and the PPD one which was alright but didn't last for long and I was like there's nothing that I would listen to mm-hmm. so I was like I want to make something that I would listen to I think mm. we had a similar thought yeah yes but two different paths were went down yes and that's yeah. why our fans are <laughs> garbage human beings much like us mm-hmm. they're and not refined at all I think your fans are proper Dan like yourself who talks nice and I think has manners this is why we're we're working with you Dan because we want some of your fans you yeah. feel free to take some of our fans honestly but my- we want some of those refined fans please there is crossover they message me whenever you um, <laughs> shout me out I get like five messages being like oh you've been shouted out in this podcast and like, oh thanks I'm glad I I, <laughs> I, I only do that to uh, intentionally throw shade um, Dan are you saying these, that you don't listen to our podcast I do listen to it sometimes but I I'll think, take sometimes but sometimes. I, I tend to not listen to a lot of what people do because I don't want it to infect my style Ooh. that makes sense that uh, no I totally understand because I do that with commentating mm. I don't listen to other Dota commentators um, like when I'm watching stuff I specifically don't watch a lot um, of other Dota casters like long form like if I'm gonna mm. sit if I'm not watching if I'm not at a tournament I'm watching it from home then I won't spend the whole day listening to the Dota yeah, commentators yeah. because I don't want to pick up on things that they do but I do listen to a lot of other esports commentators because the, those are the people that I do want to take things mm-hmm. from, you know? Yeah, definitely. Just like I, I would imagine you want to take other things from other podcasters, but I don't treat this well enough to <laughs> <laughs> try and refine my craft. To be fair, yeah, I, I don't either. I, I, uh, <laughs> I think I've listened to, I want to say, six or seven episodes of Position 6, and that's more than I've listened to of any other Dota podcast. Because oh, when, when we start, well, because I, <clears throat> I, maybe I'm a refined person, so I, I fit the demographic, right? Yeah, because yeah, every yeah. everyone else, I'm like, do I need to listen to Kyle and Shiver talk more? No, not really. But like, at least you were providing me with something interesting. So I'm like, oh, wait a second. This is a, this is a feed that I'll like actually 
necessarily subscribe to because yeah, I did yeah. try and listen to like everyone's shit before we did our own. I think it's worth doing. Are we recording, by the way? Yeah, we have been. Yeah, this is the Patenton <laughs> Side Pole Podcast <laughs> opening. It's Welcome, a, Dan. It's, it's a rolling start. If you want to, if, if you want a different start, we can do that. No, we can no, do it in I'm, post. I'm pleased the, to this start. The microphones are a little bit new for uh, literally all of us. I think they're mm-hmm. they're they're they. Uh, I'll either put your gain up, or you can uh, you can get a little closer to your mouth, or oh, I can or I can, my mouth. or I can ride you the whole time. I did. Um, I've I've never had great microphone etiquette. Actually, I did. So, Wait, so doing stand up, you yeah, I used to suck at it. Really, I did. There's a there's a gig <laughs> called the Blackout, which is a gong show. Do you know what a gong show is? Yes, 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 yes. No, please explain. It's um where there's two different types. There's the gong show and the blackout. The gong show is you go on, you got five minutes. Mm-hmm. If at any point in the five minutes, three people in the audience hold up a card, you're booted off. Okay. Um, so first time I did the gong show, this is when I was about six gigs in, and I walked out. Uh, I did an opener which did went quite badly and then I said does anyone want to hear five minutes of material about the philosopher Thomas Hobbes and they held up free cards <laughs> <laughs> um, and then later when I was a bit more experienced I've been going about six months um, I did the circle the blackout you get two minutes um, I lasted four minutes 55 you get two minutes of grace period and then mm-hmm. uh, I lasted four minutes 55 seconds and they booted me off and I thought it'd be going well and then someone told me it's because the microphone was about here oh <laughs> so, so no one could hear what I was talking he was just <laughs> hanging down by your crotch just like oh and I oh, thought it was going well because the front row was loving it yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I went back and smashed it but. I always thought that I was like an MC rapper or something because I've always been a fan of holding the microphone ah, upside down by the, the thing yeah, or, or doing that which is yeah, like yeah. unnecessary necessary for like a comfort level of us right now but just uh-huh. like if you're gonna be on stage you have to be as silly with the microphone as possible is my understanding hold up. i've never done that before to. please hold you just gotta you just gotta caress the ball and then talk upside down and these mics aren't as cardioid so you can do what this. up west covina <laughs> man i do it, feel pretty baller it was such a clusterfuck driving over here today i thought it was gonna be fine because no one's on the freeway because yeah. like everyone is like trying to not die in mm-hmm. los angeles or i guess uh-huh. america or i guess the world but like boy <laughs> I forgot that it rained. So I'm like, I'll be there when the games are over. Don't worry, guys. We can do a show. It'll be great. And then cut smash, cut to SpongeBob. Five hours later. <laughs> you were 10 minutes late. It was fine. <laughs> I needed a bit of downtime. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had to do, I had to do a DHL recording because we did not finish yesterday. DHL. And, uh, oh, the shipping. Yeah. Because, yeah, okay, so I got for it. For ESL1. I got it. For ESL1? We, we need to record that footage for ESL1. Is that there, is, hold on, wait a second. There's, there's a thing that's not connecting mm. in my head here. Is that ESL1, that stopped happening, right? Yes, La Majora is no longer happening. I'm so upset about this because I was so happy to get a bunch of people to come out to our beautiful city. Oh, yeah, this is a good time to tell you guys here at the podcast that uh, we were planning on doing a live version of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night. Saturday the 21st, 7 p.m., Tire Bitter Brewery. It was walking oh, distance from the venue. Walking distance from the venue. ESL was going to cooperate with us and yeah, we market gonna, it, which would have been baller. We were going to have free tacos for everyone. We are going to have mm-hmm. a taco cart there. There was mm-hmm. going to be free food to get free people in the tacos. door. There was going to be free tacos. That is a low amount of confidence in your own product. Dan, I would say, I would argue that that's an appropriate amount of confidence yeah. in your end product. 
Yeah, I I feel like we needed the food to convince people because there would be nothing else to do in Los Angeles after the yeah, major. Yeah, yeah. So surely like a, like a podcast at a brewery people can drink would be great, right? But I'm like, no, we, we need tacos. But no longer. That's not happening. LA isn't happening. I, you might have had your first event be the last event ever, maybe? I, I feel like I've built up some momentum and now it's just <laughs> Came out of here working for Six it. months later, everyone's going to be like, who's that Dan guy? I don't remember <laughs> him. would have forgotten. Or maybe they won't because I'll just watch this event over and over again, uh, needing something to see. They'll be so nostalgic about it. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, those halicon days of Dota. Halcyon, sorry. Um, <laughs> They'll be like, he was the really tall one, right? Yeah. That was most of what got talked about when I was on stream, to um, be so, Here, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll walk that back. Um, <laughs> wow, he's, he's the really British one, right? There we go. <laughs> We fixed it. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> there was a lot of chat about how tall I was. Slacks spent a lot of time talking about my body. That's true. He tried to get you naked on tried stream. tried to get me naked on stream. When's the last time you've been objectified like that? Um, not that frequently, actually. It's They're a lot more polite yeah, in, more. in the Great Britain than we are. Yeah, it doesn't Wow, happen. you're tall. Let me see you naked. <laughs> At my normal job, it very rarely happens. People demand I get naked. I think that's like an HR thing. Yeah. But here, I don't, I don't know who handles that. Is that like an LD or a God situation? Is that... I, I don't know who does HR at the summit. Um, I, I think technically does. they may not have... They don't have someone dedicated to HR, but they do have... Uh, I know they do take HR classes and stuff. That's nice. So. Well, I guess Slacks isn't a full-time BTS employee, so he might not have yeah, the HR classes. He wasn't being paid. He was just here. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Awesome. he wasn't even a contractor here. He just... Oh, the, that's that's right. Cause he, he, was, was, <laughs> he was just an astray <laughs> delivery man that came in and stole free food. <laughs> because he was here for ESL that didn't happen. Because <laughs> the major was cancelled. He came all the way here to be interviewed by me in a closet. <laughs> And just slept. He, he spent half the time. <laughs> Please, God, hire me. I need a job. Man, what happens? Uh. So ESL is not canceled, but postponed, postponed, is my understanding. So does that mean, I mean, do you guys like sign contracts? Um, do you not get paid unless the event actually I happens? I do not get paid until... The event actually happens. So uh, I have contracts for about 50% of the events I would work, mm-hmm. I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a contract with, I'm pretty sure I have a contract for ESL1 LA. Um, that contract does not stipulate 50% upfront. Uh, I only do that for uh, events that I deem are high risk. And I've done that ever since GESC, and I apparently did not deem that ESL one was high risk. (laughs) I mean, it's it's more like um, I wouldn't I wouldn't even take fifty percent for an event that wouldn't happen most Mm. of the time. Um, For example, I did that with um, ePulse is in a company that they're trying to do an event. Um, Okay, hopefully I'm not blowing them out or anything, but they were going to do one last year. And so I signed, since they're a new tournament organizer and I'd been burdened by GESE, yeah, I had yeah. them do 50% up front. And, um, and they didn't do their event and they, uh, they were willing to pay me my 50% and everything. Um, they, they asked me if I could lower it, which I did. Again, I wouldn't take wow, 50% good, for good an guy. Uh, well, it came with a stipulation that when they do do the event, they hire me. Okay. As yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. like a sort of 
Like, I'll do this for you. So that'll pay just, out if just slash sure when the event ever happens. Time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's free money. Like, oh, well, like, I can't be greedy about free money. You know, <laughs> are you taking your summit paycheck to, uh, to, to, to the bank? Are you going to like be like, wow, I did this dot event. Now go like I'm buy a nice car in Los Angeles or. No, I, I, I might buy some new microphones for my podcast. That's what I promised people. Nice. Um, <laughs> cause what, the, what do you record on now? Uh, just a Blue Yeti. Oh, so it's not great. So I do mm. actually want to get a good new like recording. That can, I, I, I can help you with any of that. You can talk to me. Not here. No, no one wants to hear about that, but I'll be more than happy to help yeah, you with yeah, that yeah. if you need anything. <laughs> Joey gets really geeky when it when it comes up to these uh, technical details. Mm. And uh, like I remember after we play, he talked to me about the cameras. Oh, God. And I and he said some numbers and a name at me and I didn't know what any of that meant. <laughs> I just all, nodded my head. Uh huh. We're, yeah. we're we're all learning. We're recording this one on three separate tracks so I can do everyone's audio individually. Oh, that is oh, amazing. oh I'm so excited about that. That's good. Yeah. So I can when when Cap scratches his beard, that's always fun for me to edit out. And yes, then I that. and then I smack. Yeah, right that's there. The sound. I'm, it's hard to edit when we talk over it, but <laughs> and then uh, I, I do a lot of uh, lip popping before I mm. before I start speaking. So that's that's my least favorite. Yeah. I actually really appreciate you do that real quickly because I also do that. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you do it, like I already listened back to the cast yeah. and I know I do it, so it triggers me. Mm-hmm. So when you do it, it triggers me more. And so now it's like really enforcing it. I'm really I'm. I'm cutting out that habit pretty quick. You're cutting out the habit. I think that there's like a point to the habit because normally when you, I feel like that's a that's a signal or a cue that someone wants to talk. Yes. And if you yes, have like a good rapport with the people you're doing, like it's very easy to like switch speakers. Mm-hmm. But then if you're doing an audio medium, it's incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. My headphones aren't staying on. I'm just gonna be done with them. I'm just hoping the audio sounds fine now. I'm sure it'll be alright. Man, whatever. <laughs> but I, I record on separate tracks because I, I do over the internet so I get and I, I cut out so much of my stuff I yeah. just go like Ugh, all the time when they're talking mm. <laughs> so I'm hmm yes hmm and I just cut all of that out do you find yourself editing your podcasts now less than you were in the beginning or, or do you do you spend more time editing the audio much, much less the beginning was like I pretty much stripped the whole thing I used to re-record loads um, which was I think it made it quite sterile so I started, especially when I was doing more talent interviews, I was like, actually, I can just leave this. Like the first one I did of Zayori, that was the first one I didn't really edit because it was so long. I was like, I cannot be bothered to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like let it run. Dude, Zayori, he can talk, man. Host yeah. of Share Tango, sister podcast. <laughs> He's got he's got a lot of comedy like he's really passionate about things and he's got a lot of weird yeah, knowledge was, about was, stuff. So I'm not he, flaming him. He was great, but yeah. it was and then I kind of started relaxing a bit more and it was better. But it, I do I edit more with players because they need it. If you listen to the first episode of our show, uh, Cap and I do not say or uh, um once because I cut every yeah. single one out. <laughs> I edited the fuck out of that episode and I'm like, wow, I'm really proud of what I did this, did here. And then I think by episode like seven, like the amount of ums and ahs that are back in the show are exponentially more. You know what's funny is that I don't even view, listening back to my cast and stuff, they always tell you us are like, that's filler language, cut that out, et cetera, et cetera. But in the long form of commentary, I actually find that us are not that bad. I think they're fine. That's it's a, what I've learned. Yeah, it's a natural form of, of communicating, and especially the more exaggerated ones. Mm. Um, not not so much the filler ones, but I still feel like it's actually just a natural 
I like them to be out my questions. I like my questions to feel very direct and singular, mm. which they normally are when I say them, but often I need to cut out little bits. And just so the listener knows what I'm talking about, which is fine. Uh, Where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> How's your team going? And then, I don't know I'm doing that. Uh, but if it's them, I leave a lot of stuff in now, which I think makes it nicer. But I cut out all my uh, when I'm listening to them. And I, I live near an ambulance station. I don't know if you noticed this when I interviewed you. There'd be just be ambulances going past constantly. I did. I do remember something about that. Yeah. And also, I, my chair's very loud, and I move around, and it goes. Mm. So you need to get new microphones, some WD forty, WD forty, and maybe a new apartment. The third one seems more cost prohibitive than the first two, to yeah. be honest. I've got to send a new contract. That summit check better be big. <laughs> like, hey, hey. It, is, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to work this event for free. Um, that was my original offer. Uh, but they said they, they said they were going to pay me, which was nice of them. Uh, I, love, I, love, I, love, I was going to work this event for free. That was my original <laughs> offer. Like, as in you could somehow go farther down from there. Well, as, in like, as in, the, if they negotiate hard enough, you're like, fine, I'll pay you $200. <laughs> How are they going to talk you down from that? You're like, I'll get my own flight. Well, I'll get my own hotel room. I'll rent a, you a car. There was a point where I was like, I will probably... I, because it, it, I wasn't sure it was going to happen because I think me coming to this was very contingent on Cinderin not coming. And uh. Cinderin, when he decided not to come, they could then afford someone who's a bit more of a risk. Because this is my first event. It's the summit. It's, a, it's like a big deal, I think, for them to take a risk on someone who's never been at an event for an event that's quite pally. And it's about mm. people who all know each other. Do you know what that word is? Pally. Friendly. friendly, friendly. It means friendly. That doesn't mean friendly. Joey, Jesus, okay. you idiot! Okay. How did you not know that? Oh, of course, I knew sorry. what. Okay, yeah, Pally, man. I'm really, I'm really sorry, Austin. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Dan. Go on. Um, so I, I kind of because I, I my, my girlfriend's studying at the moment, so she can't take any holiday, and so I was like, I'm just going to take a holiday. I'll work an event for free, and that would be a good way to have fun and also kind of get myself in front of people. Uh, but I think that I did enough work for them. They were like, I feel quite bad not paying him, so they're now paying me. <laughs> like, not very much, but uh, enough that it's more than I would make my normal job. Mm. Yeah. That, that would be bad for every other talent. They're like, wait a second, they're not paying? They're not paying yeah, Dan? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to bring everyone else's rates down. Yes, but also they did have to fly me out, which costs more than U.S. talent. So there is, is a more expense involved in me. That's very true. Although airplane's else. really cheap right now. Yeah, but it wasn't when they booked it. Uh, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Uh, it's a significant amount. Yeah, because uh, this, this event like wasn't like it was thrown together is the wrong word, mm. but like it definitely had not as long of a lead time as everything else. So I can imagine yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, do you want to get like a ticket from the UK to the to the LA on not long notice? Okay, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So there's some kind of max price. But I, I also kind of I just think you, you're doing a podcast and people really like it. But you're just kind of sitting at home. You need that first event. And I've been kind of emailing the PGLs and the Dream Leagues and never they'd never respond to me. Yeah. And I think, well, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But I think now people know I'm at least a safe pair of hands. Yeah. You're not a crazy person. I'm not an insane man who's going <laughs> to run around shoving microphones into faces. I would, uh, I would say that even being able to get like a few clips together and putting it mm. together in a YouTube video, even if you don't like publicize it anywhere if you just include that in your email yeah, with yeah. them like here's an example of my work um then maybe they would be more likely to talent are really bad at doing stuff like that 
Like uh-huh. uh, Toby's always told me like he was going to create a highlight video of all of his stuff. And like, I've always thought that would be a good idea as well for talent. Nobody does it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Maybe because there's Just not don't. that that much competition or like people are mo- for the most part are already kind of established and it's the same pool of people yeah, so maybe. there's not like oh people who are like submitting reels and being mm. like here and yeah and i think it's also like there's also the factor there's nobody who is unknown in the scene i guess in a way yeah. like uh the tournament organizers that are in no esports and therefore they know like other yeah you know or or at, le- at the very least they talk to people who do no, and can recommend based off of some expertise. How did the conversation get broached about you like coming here in the first place? Were you like messaging gods and being like, yo, dog, or <laughs> did someone approach you, or what was that? I was already talking to Dakota a lot, because I did content for the last summit. Okay. I wrote mm-hmm. one sketch. Um, and this one, they messaged me when they were thinking about doing it, asking me to help with a theme. I wanted to do a punk theme, like a house party punk, like punk show. Yeah. Which I thought would be really fun, and they didn't do that. That would have been cool. I got uh, a lot of outfits for that. Maybe the next one. Uh, and we've been talking, I kind of came up with the idea of the Ken Burns sketch. I wanted to do this long one about, like a Rapu- a pun- no, a Rumpelstiltskin parody about RTZ. Just didn't make any sense, but it was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I- You really are following in Slags' footsteps then. <laughs> Um, and then I basically said, look, I'll just, I've got a spare holiday. I'll come out and do this if you pay my expenses because it would be good for me. And they said, we're all gonna, already going to ask you to do that. Maybe they would have asked me to do it for money. I <laughs> 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 severely compromised my negotiating position. Um, but, you know, then, then they did say they would pay me which, uh, enough, which is great. For, um, although I don't, I'm, I've got enough money in my normal life, so it's fine. But it it was just kind of something that I wanted to do. I think it's really hard for people trying to do the stuff that I'm trying to do to get booked. Like, if you're a commentator, there's a ladder. You do qualifiers, you do yeah. opens, you do close, then maybe you do off-site stuff, and then maybe you get invited to a LAN. If you're trying to do interviewing content and hosting, which is what I'm trying to do, there's no ladder at all. Mm. You either do an event or you don't. Yeah. I, I can't... I mean, I, I can interview people at home, but there's no proof that I can do it in a live setting. I can... I can't host. Like, I can't just sit around in a room. Yeah. <laughs> where, where's your panel? Who are you tossing to? Yeah, like, what exactly. are you doing if you're not there? I, I'm trying to think of people who have come up naturally like that in the scene. Because you think about, like, you know, your your, your DJ Weets were established. Mm-hmm. Your Red Eyes are pretty established. Your your uh, machines were, like, very involved in other games. Yeah, yeah. Like Rich it, was involved in games. Today. Rich was involved in other games, too. Yeah, so it, it feels like the, the hardest... Like, you picked the hardest lane to try and yeah, come up yeah. in for yourself with the most resistance. <laughs> yeah, I thought Shane, Shane is a good example of a content creator who... Uh, like, he's become a content creator, basically, but had to get a real job and... Uh, because he wasn't getting hired enough for talent events, and he started working for ESL, and I think he originally started working on the social media side, mm-hmm. which involves just a little bit of content creation. Now he's, you know, directing these DHL, like these bigger advertisement videos and stuff, and like that's his main job. So you got Malstrix, who's just been in the esports scene yeah, forever. He's been a writer forever, a very long time, an incredibly long time. Yeah. And occasionally you see at events an interview you don't know, but they're normally someone who's probably not being paid much, if at all. Or like really local, like your Erie Really, humans. really local. Rhinessa went to Epicenter, did a really great job, and then hasn't been hired for eight months for a Dota event. Hmm. So it kind of feels a bit 
feasty family at the moment for people trying to do non-commentary stuff, which is why I felt I didn't I needed a bump. And I think Summit was a good place to do it because I could prove I could host somewhat and I could prove I could do content really well. Or just be flexible because you yeah, were yeah. kind of hosting, you were kind of doing content, you were like literally casting, which yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was the intent when you flew over here. Like there's there was so much different. Yeah. Like there, there was a wide variety of you, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what's funny? There was just that social media conversation with all the esports, various uh, esports personalities weighing in on the fact that should you ever have to work for free? <laughs> And, and all the old dogs are always like, I worked for years for free. Of course, that's going to be a possibility. And then all the all the the guys who are, I feel like all the guys who are trying to make it right now are we're all like, like I mean, if they're making money, why should you ever have to work yeah, for exactly. free? So wh- what do you think about that, Dan? I think the bare minimum should be expenses. If sure. I paid to come here, that would have been atrocious. I think. Um, and I, I think what are the, a lot of the people, the older people saying by work for free is you will have to pay to work because you have to pay your travel, you have to pay your food. I've, mm. I've, I have not spent any money the whole time I've been here. So right. I've actually, to be honest, saved money by being in LA. So that makes it much more affordable for me. I think working for free is not really something that should be enforced in an industry. <clears throat> I think for talent it is different because to a degree you're working for very direct exposure and you're working for the thrill of being in front of camera and in mm. front of an audience, which is fun. But if you're like someone who wants to be working behind the scenes and don't work for free, that's ridiculous. True. You're not, you're just, all you're doing is providing free labor for someone who then might maybe like you. What do you think about uh, events that have um, like the very menial jobs mm-hmm. they have volunteers for? Yeah. And maybe they get the volunteers like backstage access, obviously. The, maybe they feed them, yeah. stuff like that. Is that? I mean, I, I did something similar to that at Reading Festival. I got paid, but a lot of people go to Reading Festival, work two days, get a free event, mm. which is fine. But I think if you're going to an esport event and working six hours to attend an event, I don't think esports events are good enough to justify that. Agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> hard agree. You can just watch it on Twitch ultimately, and it is cool being there, but if you're working the whole time, how cool is that going to be? It feels really different for me now comparing like this conversation in 2020 versus what this conversation would have been in, in 2010 when there was substantially less money flowing around mm. and people were working for free just for like networking sake or, yeah, or foot yeah. in the door sake and you know, I'm I'm generally never a fan of like, hey, let's go do a bunch of free labor and have other people exploit you. Like, I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not super into that. But like, I've definitely I did some work for some old StarCraft leagues for free, and it ultimately ended up paying dividends through through mm-hmm. networking and people that I met and friendships that I still have years later. So it's hard to like completely condemn the idea for me of people not doing anything for free. But yeah, yeah. like gas, airplanes, expenses, food, like. And if you're working for less than that, it feels real, real shit. But the thing is that the, the, all the people who are there are saying, oh, well, I got to where I am by working for free. And it's like, yes, but you could have got where you are if someone had paid you and you would have had a nicer time mm. and your life would have been less hard. And also it's a reflection of privilege that you're able to do that. Like I come from a very rich family and I have a, a, a degree of a safety net that I can take risks. I think that is just going to lead to more people like me dominating the scene. Mm-hmm and people who can't afford to take the risks that I'm able to take being excluded and squeezed out. You know, I I think about it, and there are some people I see at events um, that just attend the events, Mm. and I see, like, the same person show up at different events, and I usually, the first thing I think about is, God damn, what are you doing here at an event in Europe when you live in N.A.? 
Like that's all I could think about. It just seems an impossibility yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. but it's because I like I know that they have help. Yeah, yeah, monies. Yeah. They have the monies. Yeah, I I I yeah. It's a big problem in comedy as well. The I mean I, I never took like that much financial help from my parents. I lived at home. Like, they didn't give me money. But it was like I couldn't have taken the risks and quit the jobs that I did to do comedy for four years if I had to work like the amount of much and and that just leads to a comedy scene that's so full of middle class white men not that there can't be rich white women as well but <laughs> or like or, or, or yeah, rich I've people seen Miss Maisel I, I know exactly what you're talking about right or rich or rich people of ethnic minorities but it's just it's just it leads to this top-heavy, horrible scene, and then the working-class people can't get there, and especially in the UK, where in comedy you have to do Edinburgh every year to get anywhere, which is four grand you've got to spend. It's just not possible, and it's a real problem in comedy that you're expected to work for free, mm. or expenses, um, which often... I mean, I, I used to get paid for an open spot in, say like Southampton, I'd be paid 25 quid, and it would be about 40 quid to get there. And you're like, I'm losing 15 quid to go and perform in front of 250 paying customers who love me. And Mm. I'm losing 15 quid for this. And it's just, it's nasty. And I don't want to see esports get more like that, where it's reliant on volunteers, people giving up their time in the hope that it leads to something and paying is no longer normalized. I could definitely see that it becoming more that way for the talent field. Mm. Actually, maybe, uh, no, I actually take that back. Because there's actually two, like, uh, a comedy part of the reason, right, is that there's just one stage, and yeah. you're you're getting the opportunity to be in front of there, but yeah. I feel like in esports, weirdly enough, there's, like, too much content mm-hmm. that people almost have to get paid. Yeah. Because, like, those people are needed. There's too many qualifiers. There's too many games going on that there's always going to be more casters needed. Yeah. I mean, there's a but, lot of casters in esports who are getting paid who maybe aren't incredible. Which in com- yes. like I often look at that the, that like that tier two realm of casters and go, not to call out anyone in particular, but some of them aren't very good. And I go in comedy, you'd be nowhere. And it's weird that you are able to scrape a living in casting when a lot of people don't think you're very good. Hmm. Um, which is I think nice to a degree, but yeah. maybe there could be more competition in casting perhaps. What was the... You said you did comedy for four years. What was, Uh like, the death nail for that? When did you stop? Um, It was getting to the point where I was close to being professional. I was close to breaking through to the point where I could become a professional. So I was doing, like, uh, as I said, like, open tens where you get a bit of money, and then they say, I'm going to move you up to a 20 next time. And I was getting a lot of those offers and having to email again and again, being like, can I please have a 20? And they'd be like, yeah, in six months. And it's so slow. Um... And I, I just started... A 20 meaning your, your set is 20 minutes long. 20 minutes long. Correct. So okay. Open Spot does 10. I'm glad you asked. You have no <laughs> idea. See, now, I, I asked about the word and you didn't really want to ask about that. Jeez, come on. You gotta leave me on a limb here. I figured... See, here's the part of the thing, Joey. This is a, this is a secret thing of, of commentary. Sometimes you just let somebody talk and if they say something you don't understand, then eventually you'll just glean it from the conversation. Yeah. No, that's, that's that way context, you don't have to look stupid. That's context. I don't want the audience to feel stupid, though. And then once so I get, I, no, I'm no, no, being no. the audience. Once I get it, then I in turn dumb it down. So you mean that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone understands. So a British comedy night is uh, 20 at the beginning, 20 minutes from an open who's being paid. 
um, usually two open spots who are doing 10 minutes who will be often paid expenses. If Jeff Whiting is doing it, they will not be paid anything. Um, and, and <laughs> Who's Jeff Whiting? He runs a load of gigs called Murph Control. I did hundreds of gigs for him. He okay, said he okay. loved me and he would start moving me up to 20s and then he never did. Um, and then a headliner who's doing 20 minutes and is being paid more than everyone else. And an MC who does the whole thing together. And okay. they're being paid. Um, and I was doing a lot of them. Jeff Whiting was being like, I'm going to move you up to 20s. You're really amazing. And I was getting there. And I, I did, there's a gig in London called Angel Comedy, which if you're ever in London is, you should go to. Very good gig. And I'd been wanting to get their middle spot, their 10 minute spot for ages. And I finally did. And I did it and I did pretty well. Came off stage and I was like, I fucking hate that. That was awful. Because mm. I didn't do well enough to differentiate myself from everyone else in the scene. I see. Um, I was like, I'm, I've not smashed that, so I may get booked for a, again. I may get booked for a paid spot soon, maybe. But there was just so much pressure. I had to do incredibly well every time to differentiate myself. And I kind of was like, if I hate this this much now, I'm going to hate it more in ten years. Mm. So why do you keep on trying it's do a, something better because everything's better decision. when you have an HBO show right yeah. that's, that, that's why you do it for 10 years but I wasn't going to get on television because there's just too many white straight men in comedy mm. there's loads of us and some of us are really good some of us are really bad I was in the quite good category but there's just too many and, and it's really important to have varied bills so the audience aren't seeing the same people over and over again it's really important to have all the wave before me are all white men and it's really important to the next wave has a load of women and ethnic minorities in there and the people who have come through from my cohort are incredible comedians and I'm so pleased to see them do well but for me it just meant there was no attention being given to me so I was never going to get on television because I wasn't quite good enough to be the best white man and I wasn't interesting enough to be anything else mm. so I used to talk a lot about the disabilities that I have but it wasn't quite interesting enough but so I, I kind of just felt I'm going to be a road comic for 10 years or I'm going to try something different. So I was like, I'm just going to get back, get a job. I got a job and I was like, I'm bored of having a job. I'm going to try doing esports. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, think that's an interesting and maybe somewhat dangerous conversation. The, uh, the, uh, the fact that you're, that you're able to identify the fact that there are just a lot of white men mm -hmm. and therefore in a way like you're, like set in a bad position, but at the same time, you know, you also just through being born, being yeah, white yeah, male, yeah. you have a step up. So it's like a, it's a complicated it's a, one. Yeah. It's a very complicated discussion. And I feel like many people, you know, just the acknowledgement of like, Oh, but like if I was a different race or if I was a different sex, maybe yeah, I would yeah. be in a better position in my career where I'm at right now. Just that acknowledgement of that is like some people would find, uh, it's, like, Hard, it's easier and harder in comedy because you, you probably get easier gigs. Like, mm -hmm. audiences hate women and they're nasty to them, right? And if you go out of London, okay, this is sounding a lot like esports commentary right now. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> the audience hates women. Go on, and if you go outside of London, a lot of them will hate ethnic minorities. Um, and so it can be really, really tough. And so, as a white man, which is what I was. Um, and still am but <laughs> you I'm go around you. I'm and like has that changed okay and you do well at all these gigs and you keep on doing well and you kind of go well, why am I not getting my due and it's partially just because the audiences are more predisposed to like you mm. um, that you do well so often um, and I think a lot of a lot of the, the men who were very bitter who'd been going longer than I had didn't realise that they were like but I'm always doing well and these women aren't doing that well and it's like the audiences like mm. you more because they're sexists um 
And often it was just because there's more attention gets given to people who are different. Uh, but I, I, I just kind of feel that it was, in the end, it wasn't the what I needed to be doing anymore. And but, and seeing the people that have come through who are now getting on television, people like Sarah Keyworth and Olga Koch and who people who watch British panel shows now might, now might know, Ed Knight's doing very well, Jacob Hawley. Um, I think they're incredible. And they were way better than I ever was mm. uh, by so far of a margin that I, I don't think even if I was the most interesting demographic in the world, I necessarily would have broken through. Mm. But you don't know because yeah. you get more attention, you get better gigs and you get more chance to grow. But it's, it's, it just wasn't for me in the end. And I, I learned, I grew a huge amount as a person over those four years I did comedy, but and it was just the right time to give up and try something different. But I have such a desire to create that I had to move into something else. Right. Have you always had that much introspection? Because I feel like that's kind of the most interesting thing for me, right? That I think a lot of people might not make those self-realizations. Mm. I didn't always have... I mean, I think I was becoming more bitter towards the end. Like, I was becoming one of those guys who goes, ah, all the women coming up, taking my jobs. <laughs> um, so you were Twitch chat. <laughs> yeah, I was becoming that. Uh, and having these kind of a conversation about how hard it was to be a white man in comedy. And... And I, I think that was part of the reason I wanted to quit because I was just becoming this bitter, horrible guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was not nice. And esports is my uh, people rag on about esports being not friendly. I remember PPD in the first interview I did of him being like, "Well, good luck be doing content creation because everyone's horrible." And I was like, "Actually, the people are quite nice." Mm. I mean, certainly the people who have listened to my stuff, everyone's really supportive and they want you to grow and they want you to do well and they care about the stuff that you make. Yeah. Whereas in comedy, it's quite easy to just kind of go through waves of indifference, people who don't particularly care. Right, right. No, that it, I, I feel like that definitely, going through comedy definitely set a, a very low bar for, <laughs> for when it comes to your audience and your fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like any sort of appreciation yeah. came up. You're like, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, like, uh, I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of commentators, a lot of talent in general, um, if they quickly skyrocket, mm -hmm. um, if they, you know, especially like maybe former pro players or like somebody who has a natural step up and people want to be able to like them, they'll skyrocket upwards and then they'll get used to a every tournament I'm getting a threat. Every tournament people mm -hmm. are telling me, you know, I did a great job. And especially if you are doing a great job yeah, and you're yeah. working hard to be able to like improve and stuff like that, like you you're seeing this direct feedback. I worked hard. I did this this like maybe this one little thing was really cool by me. It went up on Reddit, very successful. Yeah, you yeah. get used to that that feedback loop. And then just as simple as like that that you no longer getting that really good feedback, no longer getting those Reddit threads and stuff, like you get used to that and then all of a sudden you start feeling like something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, do people not appreciate me anymore? Like I had this really funny moment. It mm -hmm. didn't even show up on Reddit. What what happened to that? Like, or do people not like me? Maybe like, and it can go two different ways from there. It can be, you know, you, you start thinking about yourself and like thinking, am I bad? You start thinking about like, maybe you're, you put it down on your audience and be like, you know, why, yeah, why, yeah. you know, why don't they appreciate that stuff? Or and then you like that also either way, it leads into really, any negative you feedback hits you really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it's very much about just what you get used to and then as it changes, you know. Mm -hmm. 
The idea of tying any amount of like self-worth or gratification from something as fickle as Reddit is like, mm. I mean, I don't want to talk down anyone who who does that because, you know, not, nothing feels greater than being like, hey, I did something that I really liked and other people really liked it it's and people talk about Reddit. It's, it's yeah. very natural. It's very great. It's very natural. Like there are very few people that I know that are able to disregard that entirely. Merlini's one of them. But but like overall to to get stuck in that cycle and like kind of tie some kind of self worth to Reddit is like oof because eventually yeah. you're gonna get burned in some way shape or form and then you're gonna have not a good day so that's why uh, <laughs> like I, I I identify with a lot of what you've been talking about with your comedy because um, I because I feel like there are, there I have some very similar parallels but. Uh, like obviously, my start in Join Dota was like very negative. Yeah, right? yeah I was like going to ask about it, that. Yeah. It was it was the Join Dota. It was the Toby channel. That was literally what it mm-hmm. was. So every single time I was up, people were literally just asking like, "Who's this guy that's not Toby?" <laughs> you know. And then like, then a question of like, why isn't he being more like Toby? Like why why is he trying to act like Toby? Why is yeah, he screaming yeah. at team fights like Toby? He's just trying to be Toby. You know, like it, it just becomes and so it yeah, was yeah, very yeah. negative for very long. So that was what I got used to. You know, and, and so nice is- yeah, and so I see. I, 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 for example, I'll just, I'll just name it right now. Like uh, I saw the other side of the fence really heavily with Kyle, because mm-hmm. Kyle, he rocketed upwards, and he's a great talent, right? He does very, very good, and he makes other panelists look good in the way he's so extreme mm-hmm. as well. And so he got a lot of love, and then that was his norm, and then it just kind of went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got to experience the opposite, which was just getting shit on nonstop, and then and slowly it just went away. And it going away, it felt great. I was like, yeah, I'm no longer yeah. getting shit on. Then once I started getting praise threads, I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing! This shit's like I'm crack. gonna do this like, for the rest of my life, loaded up into my veins, baby. <laughs> but I still like uh, since I experienced the extreme negative, I never like relied on that too much you mm. never i never looked at that too much because i always knew it could go away you know it could go away in an instant it Do could turn on you now that you're known as like a reliable safe pair of hands there's like no one if you do well at an event there's no one going to be re- making a post about how good capitalist is oh yeah i think because it's you're you're going to be good that's what you're known as being i will give you a great example of the one um not one time i've done it plenty of times um but the one time i had some hope um, an expectation of getting some sort of feedback, whether it was good or bad, um, was when I hosted uh, Dota Pit. It was the very first time that I'd hosted. Here's the thing. Every single host that had ever come through before had gotten feedback, right? Had gotten some sort of Reddit thread. And for Dota Pit, there wasn't anything. And especially because I thought I did a good job, especially because like the finals panel was, uh, I had Eternal Envy and Kyle on, you know? And that obviously is like, that's going to be an interesting panel. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of opinions and, there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was able to navigate that panel, I think pretty well. And I, in general, I just thought I did a good job. You know, I, I worked hard on it. I prepared myself. I executed to a decent level of satisfaction. I wasn't super happy, but I was like, okay, you know, I, I did pretty well. And I never got anything for it. I have never gotten anything for any of my hosting. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I thought, I would have gotten it because there was a precedent for it. Yeah. Like when Naha's hosting, boom, tons of people, right? And uh, and I, so I was pretty disappointed after Dota Pit. And uh, I actually talked to Blitz about it. And he said something that, you know, maybe he was just being nice, but um, it is something that I have kind of held on to because in a way it keeps me grounded. Um, 
to not expect that stuff yeah, anymore yeah. is is that once you establish a line of like once you are that safe person as you said you're no longer get that um so he told me like basically that and he said that um you know people when people saw you that you were going to be the host people knew you were going to be fine so mm-hmm. there was no need to put in a feedback thread yeah, once yeah. you were fine you know like nobody was surprised by the mm-hmm. fact that you were a good host and i was like Okay, and so that, that I, I tried to hold on to that and change my idea, and that's that's kind of been one of the the like mantras that I've had ever mm-hmm. since is that it's just like don't ever expect that stuff. Like if you do a good job, people expect you to continue a good job, and so you should really only worry when people are saying stuff negative. Like yeah, like like really like there are a lot of people are saying something negative. That means you definitely are different, or maybe they're just tired of you. Like it's entirely possible you just kept doing the same thing and you were good and they thought you were great at the start and then you're good and then they just got bored of you. Um, overexposure is a real problem, I think. So, Were you satisfied with any of the feedback that you got from Peanut Summit? Yeah, I've not had a huge amount. It's been nice. I mean, unless it has exploded in the past five minutes. But I... I <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been all right, yeah. The, the Reddit... There's been limited stuff on Reddit, but there's been n- virtually nothing on Reddit for anyone. So yeah. it's not like there's other people, apart from Insania, who everyone loves at the moment, being shouted out. And I'm like... And Insania really is incredible. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, um, well, I mean, he's the 1%, right? You have a player who has a personality. Like, yeah, instantly, yeah. bang, done, over. And, and a self-deprecating personality as well, yeah, yeah, which yeah. people mm-hmm. will naturally lean to. Like, if, if you're arrogant, like, if you... Like, PPD will get, would get a, a shout-out thread, and he's like... His character is almost the opposite yeah, of that, yeah. right? Where... You know, and people appreciate like he does it really well. Mm-hmm. And self-deprecating, I think it's just easier to not be the villain at yeah, all yeah. because you're already shitting on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. so no one's gonna be like, yeah, "Yeah, fuck that guy." But every message I've got on Twitter or Discord has been really nice. Yeah, which has been lovely. Um, I'm naturally very insecure, so if I I've been kind of <laughs> as um, all comics are, right? Yeah, exactly. So I've been um, kind of I kind of I I when I before I got here, I was like, I'm not gonna read Twitch chat. Um, mm. I'm just not going to bother with it. I don't care what those people think. It's not relevant to me. Um, but I kind of, my mind was like, but what if it's so negative? So I kind of had to know. Um, On the couch out there, is there a live Twitch chat monitor no. you can see? No, which is nice. Um, so you had to choose to go back and look at yeah, chat. Yeah, I had to look back. And it's there's a lot of nice stuff written on there. Some people calling me Ron Weasley, which is like, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's the low-hanging like, fruit. Like I can't think. heard that enough, being a redhead comic, you know? Yeah. A lot of this, some people are saying, oh, Ed Sheeran. So I don't even look like Ed Sheeran. I'm just ginger. I mean, to be honest, you look more like Ed Sheeran than Ron Weasley. Yeah, well, Ron Weasley's a very fictional character. Also, so. yes. well, no, the actor who plays Ron Weasley... He looks really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, like, uh, mm-hmm. like of course he looks, you know, not yeah, great yeah. in the movies because that's kind of yeah, what he's he supposed right to be. Now. But as he became an adult, he actually, yeah, not not kid. Let, let, let's clarify, not kid Ron Weasley. Yeah, kid Ron, adult Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Adult, adult sure. Ron Weasley can get it. This is an eight. This is an eighteen plus podcast. <laughs> 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 Strongly, I will fuck the shit out of Ron Weasley. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, please <laughs> cut. <laughs> I'm always out for more feedback. Like just because I, if I, if I don't get it, I assume it's bad. If that makes sense. Right. Like, if I get bad feedback, that's great, because I already thought I had that. I need, like, some, like, confirmation is what I'm talking about. I'm always sure. in the camp. I'm, I'm always scared about uh, no feedback, because mm, exactly. I, I, I generally um, am of the opinion that I'd rather be polarizing than, yeah, yeah, than yeah. neutral. So, like, sometimes even negative feedback's like, well, I'm glad I made you feel an emotion. 
yeah, and like good yeah, feedback yeah. is normally universally good unless you're uh-huh. like super masochistic. But sometimes if, if like, uh, like I know that some people have posted uh, later episodes of our show on Reddit and then just, just gets like zero traction or like, yeah, yeah. like not even icky comments, but just completely neutral ones. I'm like, hmm, what are, what, what, what are we doing wrong or right, but mostly wrong? <laughs> it's, just, it's a safe pair of hands thing. People know it enough now. Um, I, I, the only bad stuff I've had feedback has been about the closet interviews, which some people liked. I think a lot of people thought they were a bit awkward and I don't really care because they weren't my idea. Um, so <laughs> as long as people thought the interviewing was good, then it's fine. <laughs> That's funny that you're able to so easily differentiate that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of talent have that, that problem of like, uh, you know, good or bad. I, I, I thought, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, in fact, my girlfriend actually messaged me and she said she like the first two times she uh-huh. saw the closet interview, she's, she was like, this is a pretty weird, but it's pretty funny. And, um, I think a lot of talent have an issue of like, being able to separate the the idea mm-hmm. versus your execution yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Did anyone tell you no to doing closet? Yeah, interview? yeah, no, um, Liquid did. Oh, I, I had this plan. I wanted to get. I'll go talk to them. <laughs> I want to. They they were worried about coronavirus, um, but I wanted. To, <laughs> genuinely, that was the reason. Um, I had like cause I I write a lot of stuff before, and a lot of the stuff I say on panels or in front of people is pre-written and then sure. regurgitated. I had this idea. I wanted to get them all in the closet. Um, like all of them and me oh, okay. and then say do you find it often claustrophobic being in a team for so long with the same people and they'd probably go no it's great and I'd be like how about now <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good that I good. never got to do it <laughs> just, <laughs> they ruined the bit just a real big Damn. shame <laughs> Porker. yeah w- what a fun time to have to have a concept of like hey do you want to be as close together as possible yeah <laughs> during hey what happened in the last the last 48 hours have been wild i'm gonna be honest driving over here I'm social like, distancing has become a term that everyone's using right now I had, let's get in the closet uh, exactly i had to, I had to call my grandma on the way out here and be like hey um do you want me to go to the market for you because i don't really want you to go <laughs> She's like, oh no, it's fine. I'm like, you're you're de- you're the demographic. <laughs> you're gonna die. I want my parents to go away, but they're staying in London. <laughs> they're staying in London. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma is- refuses to stop working. She's well past the age that she should. How old's your grandma? She, she's uh, close to eighty now. Oh, that's quite young. And then young um, grandma. Yeah, my uh, my mom is. Yeah, I think all my. I think we've all been. No one's had a kid in their teens, but everyone's been below twenty five. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm the same way because my grandma's yeah. also like seventy five. Yeah. So my grandparents are all dead because they're past ninety. <laughs> <laughs> so your grandma keeps on working. Mine refuses oh, yeah. to not go to Walmart. She works in an apple orchard too. Oh, that's such um, a great grandma as job. As like a bookkeeper. <laughs> that's an amazing yeah, the, grandma job. It's actually the largest, uh, she is personal friends with the owners of the largest apple orchard in the world. Where's that? In Washington. Have Washington you, State. Does that mean you've always had like a really high standard for apples? Uh, yeah, in a way. We get like the experimental apples. That, <laughs> experimental. <laughs> like, uh, experimental. Like if you think about it, American supermarkets aren't going to just take any old apple, right? Oh, right. They're only so going to take apples. certain, like everyone's going to take Red Delicious uh-huh. because they look really good and they'll sell, they but they disgusting. taste like garbage, right? Yeah. Like, well, there's a reason for that. It's a safe bet. So we get the, the like we got to taste the apples that like they've experimented with and they're really good but supermarkets won't take them yet mm. and you have to like slowly introduce it in a way so you can only you can only have uh, a few trees 
for those. Okay. Like you can only dedicate so much of your orchard to your your experiment, right? Because obviously you won't be able to sell that to make money. Interesting. If you yeah. were an apple, what sort of apple would you be? Um. God, I don't I don't remember the name of the experimental apple that we had, but uh, it was so good. It was the right combination and you of think you'd sweet be that, that and crisp. Yeah, it's like what a it red. Sounds delicious. like he's a snowflake. Right? It was basically, like I'm, I'm such a special apple. I, yeah, I would I would only be the ones yeah. that you can't get anywhere else. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it tasted what a red delicious looks like. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it actually was so good. I've never been an apple person. I only, I, I only like them in pastries when they're mm. highly I baked and with a lot of cinnamon. I can eat so mm. many apples. Really? Yeah. I, it, I've always thought they were so... I don't, I, this might be a little bit of confession. I don't eat a lot of fruit and I, and I almost eat no vegetables. That's really bad. I know. I'm probably going to die really young. You sound like Slacks right now. <laughs> because, Slacks, of, because of my Slacks, diet? I swear to God. Yes, because Slacks, I, I'm not sure if that man's ever eaten a vegetable. <laughs> Unless it was on like accident, you know? <laughs> That's not true. I love broccoli when it's in Chinese food and smothered with a lot of sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, what other vegetables are good? Uh, potatoes. Then not a vegetable. Oh, starch. Um, starch. Okay. Um, I don't. Um, they, they count as a vegetable in you? Australia, <laughs> but not, not elsewhere. <laughs> Why? I don't know. They just—they do actually have a, like a vitamin in them, but uh, Australians count them as part of your five a day. I used to know a bit about this that no one ever liked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great, please regurgitate it. It was—it was all about how I tried to eat seven fruit and vegetables a day, which is what you're meant to eat, but it caused me so much stress that it was detrimental to my health. <laughs> like it wasn't that good. Okay. <laughs> I see the, irony of it. the concept of the joke is pretty funny, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to talk about how Australians fought potatoes with vegetables. And that's kind of it. They mm. do. They're, yeah, they're upside down or whatever the... So if you talk common. to gods, he'll be like, yeah, my favorite vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I don't know if I told you about this, Cap, but I, uh, when I was in the UK in January, uh-huh. I, 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 went and I, I went to a bar and I saw Dan. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Mm-hmm. He, he he bought me a beer. He mm-hmm. proceeded. I had to buy him a second one. I didn't know that was the agreement. I thought I was just getting a freebie, but like, very <laughs> wrong about that. Never. I'm not. It's it's totally fine. That's not the story. Um, <laughs> it is a detail though. <laughs> <laughs> not. It's a detail. Dan wasn't a very good guest. Go Gosh. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that's fine. And um, uh, when when I was leaving, I'm like, oh, like maybe maybe I'll see you in LA sometime. And we were with some of his friends, and they like almost hysterically started laughing. They're like, he fucking hates traveling, and he is never gonna be in LA. You're never you're not gonna see him for years unless you come back to London. And it has been less than three months. It's, tra- it's been less than two months. I don't hate traveling. Why do they say that? Are they- so so your friends are lying. I don't remember what the the banter was. I do not travel very often. They have a strange friends. They're my internet friends. Okay, they're not mm. my normal real life friends. What what classification do we fall in? These friends is that no, what you're I saying? Like them. <laughs> um, so I uh, I always posted on internet forums ever since I was like 13. I started oh. on the P- I started on the. Do you remember the first version of the Warhammer Online MMO? Negative. I, I don't. Was, they, I'm made, sorry. they released one. I mean, very yes, and the first one they made. They were making it the same time as World of Warcraft, and I was very much in the Warhammer Online trend. How'd that okay. turn out? Uh, it did not get released. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, World of Warcraft did get released and became World of Warcraft. Um, I used to post on that forum, and then I moved over to the PC Gamer UK, US forums and the PC Gamer UK forums, and then from there, a sub forum of that forum got made called Praise World. 
Trace to post on. And then that got turned into a sub forum uh, called Parvini's World, started by a man called Nima Parvini, who is uh, a senior professor at Surrey University, and also now an alt-right online racist. By <laughs> <laughs> cool. coincidence? Or? Um, and then eventually you grew up to be somebody who started complaining about women in their field. Yes, go on. He's, a, he's an online racist now called The Academic Agent, um, and, but he, he's also a professor at Surrey University. Um, so he was on that forum, and then after a while, called Parvini's World, which then became Ivory Towers, and then we stopped liking him and we made a new forum called Ebony Castle which then he was banned by which is how he became an online racist because we banned him from our forum anyway so that's how I know those friends there's one person listening who is very very excited by this Dan you definitely listen to our podcast because you understand that we're trying to hit the smallest demographic possible and I think you just nailed it there's one person who's like Emery Castle I love that there's only about six people who post on Ebony Castle it's those guys you met I've known them genuinely for 17 years but it's just been a filtering down of our little forum over the years was there a point in time where you switched from like a from like a forum name to using your real human name i used to be xyzia was my name do you think he was z d or does he just saying the z it was definitely the letters the letters okay yeah. yeah sorry um which never had a pronunciation and then i switched to dan when we moved over to ivory towers <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> I'm just, I'm just still amused by the fact that you were on a forum called Ivory Towers. <laughs> it was because it was like a unique... Because we hate the people on Praise World because they were, they were nerds. Mm, okay. We were cool nerds. Ah. So, so did you get into gaming mostly from like, a, from like a Warhammer standpoint? Or like what was your esports background pre-Dota? I played a lot of StarCraft back in the day. That was okay. the first esport I liked. But I, I used to play a lot of Warcraft 3 mm. when I was a child. I used to play like, a lot of custom games. Like Brood War StarCraft or, or StarCraft, uh, StarCraft 2? StarCraft 2. Okay. Um, and that was the first esport I watched. Okay. Um, and then when that sort of started dying, I started. Well, I, I, I was curious about Dota because I'd played so many Warcraft Free custom games. And I used to join a Defense of the Ancients maps, then immediately sure. get kicked out. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. it was like this weird thing like. You needed to down, like, yeah, download the Yeah, thing. download the map. And so if you were somebody who needed to download the map, you just automatically get kicked. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was a sign you were a noob. Yeah, because no one wanted to play with you didn't know how map. to find the map online yeah, and yeah. install it. So if you didn't know how to do that, then you didn't deserve to play in this goddamn game. Exactly. But that's <laughs> Dota has always <laughs> been mega elitist, dude. <laughs> and it all starts in Warcraft 3. That's rough. So I occasionally would get into a game because people wouldn't kick me. And mm. I would, I'd always buy like nine, well, I would never get to the point where I could buy six, but I'd buy like a blade of attack because mm. they would do damage. I don't believe in anything that doesn't do damage. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, and then just feed bottom lane repeatedly. Mm. So, what was the first event that you went to then? Because there weren't really any StarCraft events in the UK or even really Europe, I right? I went to an event. This is, 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 is this, this technically event? it? I went to ESO1 Birmingham Okay, oh, okay, right, okay. Right. Um, yeah. last year, and that was my first ever esports event. Um, and I, I did actually go to a pub stomp hosted by Pyrian Flax and Cyborg Matt back in 2013. When I was writing for the UK Dota website, oh. um, that was when Pyrian Flax had just broken through. Ah, back, back, back in YouTube Pyrian Flax stage. Yeah, YouTube Pyrian Flax. He made everyone little badges. It was quite cool. Hmm. I I miss that. I sometimes I, I wonder about you know what would happen if we kept on making stuff like that. Everything's gone. It's it's crazy to think that that is shit. 
five years ago, six years ago at this point? It's more than that, yeah. It was, yeah, six years ago. That was when I, when I was out of university and not working. So a long time. <laughs> and you're like, Dota. Yeah, well, I just, I just spent ages playing Dota for those that, that year, trying to get a job. And it I- went badly. <laughs> <laughs> So just, just naturally, if you can't find anything else, like eventually you'll just come full circle and be yeah. in Dota. Yeah, that's, that's how it's ended up. Man, is there anyone that you met here at the summit who, like, you were stoked to see, or anyone who? I mean, I guess you don't want to talk about anyone you who was say like me. surprised. It's okay. It's okay. You can <laughs> say all well, out. Well, no, it was. It, I was <laughs> stoked to meet. I was really excited, excited to meet Tsunami. Uh, so it was a real shame he wasn't going to get here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, for those that's, of you guys who don't know, Tsunami uh, came here from the minor. And um, a Dota player ended up getting really sick at the minor. And therefore, Rax. everyone was afraid of uh, coronavirus. I wasn't sure if I was going to say his name. I almost, I, Rax I, is fine, I, I almost the said the name. And I'm like, I'm not going to say it. And then you just said it. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but he's fine. You want. Bra- Brax is fine. I've been I've been talking to him the last couple of days, and he, he got a little bad, but he's good now. Um, yeah, I think but, tsunami's. But in because the- of that fear, tsunami was not allowed to come to the mm. event. He had to stay in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. So he's just been in the player hotel for f- four days. Yeah, just kind of chill. In the hotel that we're staying. Yeah, he is. Oh, I could have said hello to him. Yes, you could. He was here. You could have potentially Corona. You could have expensially exposed yourself to Corona. No, um, and actually, he uh, he he was helping me do some video edits. I needed like a contractor to do oh, some really? work, so I had him work on some liquid <laughs> stuff while he was here. That's so amazing. we still got paid. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's how that happened. Maybe maybe it was a blessing. Maybe yeah. there was one less warm body here to do stuff. So like, then you get to do more no, stuff. You was, should be you should be happy. More people should have got corona because then you could yeah. have been more exposed to. <laughs> well, I think I had the right amount of exposure, but it was good that he wasn't uh, <laughs> here for me. It was nice to meet him. Uh, to be honest, I was excited about meeting everyone. Um, BSJ was the one I knew the least because I've not interviewed him. I've not interviewed Grant either. Um, so I didn't know him, but I obviously have watched a lot of his stuff. But everyone I'd interviewed, I was really excited to get to know and meet. It was really nice. What you, uh, would you think of everybody? Nice, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird coming into a group of people who know each other very well. Yeah. Um, especially as the double outsider of not being from the country that everyone else is from. Mm, yeah. Um, and also being not as heavy a gamer as everyone else, I think. Because yeah. I play a lot of Dota, but I don't play that much. Um, and I'm not like a big gamery bro type, which not that you all are that sort of person, but you, there's a certain way that everyone talks. Yeah, I feel um, you, bro. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> which I don't, and I never have. Um, so that was kind of strange, but it was really nice. People were really, really supportive and helpful. Uh, it was nice to meet people. And, and the people as you expect them to be, but... I guess there's no one who's been like this person's a weirdo and a massive dick. Did, did well, I mean, would you say if they were anyways? Like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> You'd have to take me on. But, but, but he wouldn't necessarily say nobody was a massive dick. Yeah, fair, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Did uh, did anybody surprise you? Not particularly. Okay. Spri- like, surprise me how? Uh, so I was curious what you thought of. Um, so we have a lot of stuff. Uh, we have a lot of fun off camera, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, if the conversation is involving slacks yeah. or blitz, uh, because uh, and we have more fun because I would say all of our humors uh, tend more towards the 
R-rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite appropriate for stream. Maybe not politically correct. All those sorts of things. So, but uh, we have a hell of a time. <laughs> But it's obviously not for stream. And I was just curious what, because we were having fun with yeah, the, yeah. the Bernie, uh, Bernie <laughs> Sand the King. Bernie Sand King. <laughs> Slacks has got an idea for a sketch that will not be. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, that sounds really that good. I, I, I would, I, I'll help him develop that. Now that I know it's a thing, I'm going to message him later and be like, let's make this a real thing. No, I found that. I found that all very funny. It was, it was good. It was because that, that's sort of humor that I have in my normal, like the other podcasts I do, Position Six, not Position Six, uh, Faking Lit, is very much like that. Mm. Kind of just people making stupid jokes and kind of pushing an idea really, really, really far into the point of absurdity. So I really, I enjoyed meeting Slacks a lot. That was really fun. Um, and I think the humor I got on really well with, which is kind of what I wanted to bring out more on stream, I think. I like, I ended up being on the couches kind of doing what I sort of do well, which is just making quips at the side. Because mm. I can do that quite well. I know how to write a joke. I know how to deliver a joke. So I could just make jokes at the side that wouldn't really expose myself. But my, my humour at its best is very much more carefree and experimental and loud, mm. which I didn't really feel I had the confidence to do because yeah. you don't kind of want to be going out talking a load of nonsense when no one really knows who you are. Um, yeah, right. Like It's like you almost need the trust in someone else on the couch to play with you properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I don't, I don't think anyone else would have trusted me to do, which is fine. Um, so, but it was nice doing that off, off camera, certainly with everyone. That was really yeah. fun. I've always wanted to bring um, that environment mm. uh, to viewers to yeah, see what yeah, they yeah. would think. Because uh, in the moment, like when I'm experimenting, like I think that's this is the funniest thing. Like <laughs> most of the time backstage, like I have the most fun. In the break periods mm -hmm. with the other talent, like uh, the, there will be something that happens that's ten times funnier than anything that happens yeah, on yeah, panel. Yeah. And I always think to myself, like, why isn't this a part of the show? And I mean, so much of it is just because it's not for the stream. It's it. yeah, it's it's a lot of it's very unprofessional. <laughs> Some of it's very flamey. Uh, in like a usually it's not like uh, in a mean way. Yeah. But no like, one, like, yeah. like the way we treat Kyle is probably the closest thing that comes to it, <laughs> like uh, on panel, you know, yeah, because yeah. we because we, we that's what we do to each other off stream. And Kyle's like uh, he's the easiest person to make those kind of jokes uh, just as a target, as well as he takes it really well. Yeah, he he's, does. Good at, he's good. At that. Do you think that's more because you're worried that the audience wouldn't react well or like the TOs wouldn't react well or like what is the biggest barrier to like being more like that on camera I don't really know uh, I mean I, I think it's different for different people uh, I think Blitz would feel very uncomfortable with those kind of jokes um, and being judged for those kind of jokes let's say um, I am generally a person who I can never start jokes you know, I can never start that atmosphere, but I can go along with it really mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm kind of like that filler person. Um, Slacks, I mean, Slacks does do some crazy shit. It's just none of it's uh, like that politically incorrect or none of it's that dark He's as it gets. He's good at the line. He, he understands the line much better than people realize. Yes, yes, he um, definitely does because <laughs> he crosses over that line really far. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also I think a lot of that stuff comes out of being kind of mean to people that you know reasonably well 
and yeah. that doesn't come across on stream because you don't know how much everyone's relationship is or or they're uh or they're too far away in that yeah. they're like political figures or celebrities yeah, yeah, or yeah. something mm-hmm. you can't quite make that joke mm-hmm. on stream with a bunch of people because you know like let's yeah, say yeah. We, we there were some kobe jokes for example yeah i mean yeah. did they go down in a burning what happened helicopter uh, <laughs> yeah something uh, like mean, that okay so one of the jokes was uh well it wasn't actually kobe but like one of the the funnier instances we were talking about was uh, somebody said that um <laughs> um do you know who vegas mike is no i don't vegas mike is the uh flat earther who uh was convinced that uh, like killed. airplanes, for example, that, that their windows are, that there's something there that makes you think that the world is round, for example. So he well, that's just able, true, but go on. He needed to be able to create his own craft to be able to, sh- to get up high enough to be able to show the world gotcha. that it's flat. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he did that. He created his own device and he, uh, he, he went up and he came down very hard. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and so the, uh, I don't know. I won't share too much of this, but uh, but the the joke the the joke was somebody said he died as he lived. The other person responded flat. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like that's a joke that's like eh, that's obviously a little little not okay for for on stream, but yeah, it's I mean, really funny. People want to focus on Dota more than they want to focus on like comedy, I guess, because like yeah, I guess ultimately yeah, yeah. people are coming here for Dota and not necessarily for people to be comedians all yeah. the time. It takes I, time to do that as well. To get to that point there have been precursors and precursors and precursors. Right, right. So you're talking about 15 minutes of yeah. comedy. I also think that from my experience and correct me if I'm wrong, that most of the talent who work at Dota events there's a fairly solid political and social consensus most people are relatively have a similar sense of I'm convinced there's yes. a secret alt writer in the mix yeah possibly <laughs> but, there, there ha- but mathematically there has to be someone we just don't know who they are yet mm. but yeah so mo- most of us are we're, we're the same age group we're uh, we're either white or Asian and we're usually all liberal or at least center. Yes, at, at most center left. Yeah. And al- always quite socially liberal as well. And so the jokes will go around that line and not everyone at home is going to be that. That's true. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Like you, you can't really, uh, like just as a, uh, an easy example, like you can't really stand up on soapbox uh, necessarily about like gay rights and stuff. Uh, because you're talking to an international audience mm-hmm. as an English speaker. So you've got people from all over the world. Um, so it's not really that place to make yeah. anything like that or to joke about how dumb people are for being homophobic or something like that. Like the, yeah. the chick- someone like, will be those mad. jokes come out sometimes, but it's like... Well, I mean, the chicken does taste good. I, yeah. it, I, I didn't he not... Didn't, he didn't like the chicken I, I thought much. it was pretty bad. Pretty bad? Yeah. Dude. It was fine. It was like a how, four out of ten. What was your Chick-fil-A experience? It was well. It was taken from here, so I. Don't it, it was close by. No, I mean, no, no it, it was, was, it was, it was in the, the in cafe. Catered. Catered. Oh, okay. Well, so maybe what, that's not. What, what was the period of time between meal finished being cooked and meal in your mouth? Probably quite a distance. Okay, you can't judge on this. Yeah, maybe. But I didn't think it was worth betraying any principles over. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. The hate makes the chicken taste better. It's actually uh, one of the. It. You know, how, like the Colonel had seven ingredients. Chick Fil A yeah. has like eight or nine, and one of them is hate. He was a champion of lots of rights. Colonel Sanders. I always thought he was a racist. I just assumed. Oh, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't at all. He was, like he was really actually liberal. really liberal. Yeah. 
you I'm know, always, just the assumptions you make. That person's southern <laughs> must, must be, be racist. To be fair, if you're gonna if you're gonna line up ten people from Kentucky, it's pretty fair to at least say nine of them are racist, right? So like, <laughs> especially back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Uh, abrupt maybe sorry if you want to keep listening you gotta check out part two which is on dan's feed so look up position six podcast it'll be on i'm pretty sure whichever podcast app you're on right now and you'll and you'll find part two it continues like literally it just it just keeps going there's another like 40 or 50 minutes so uh, hopefully you liked it and you want to go listen to his feed or if you're from his feed and you were here you're probably already going to go back and listen to the other one it's it's fine thank you for hanging out thank you for supporting us uh yeah don't get sick or try not to